Good morning, Graceway. Today is Wednesday, November the twentieth, and this is Tohi and Enoch from the Morning Bible Study Teaching Team. On Monday, we left off at the end of chapter fourteen, where Peter denies Jesus three times. Today, we'll be reading chapter fifteen, verses one through fifteen, where the Jewish authorities delivered Jesus to Pilate to be crucified. If you want to follow along, we'll be reading from the NRSV. I'll be reading the narrative. And I'll be reading the dialogue. Let's begin. Mark chapter fifteen verses one through fifteen. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, "Are you the king of the Jews?" He answered him, "You say so." Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, "Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you." But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, "Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews?" For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again, "Then what do you want me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews?" They shouted back, "Crucify him!" Pilate asked them, "Why? What evil has he done?" But they shouted all the more, "Crucify him!" So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. So you know, in a hypothetical world where I might be someone who had never heard of Jesus, and I was like a teacher of of like writing, and a student turned in the Gospel of Mark. I mean, I would marvel at the brilliance of the writer. I mean, all the literary and rhetorical moves that the writer makes is absolutely genius. You know what the golden rule of good writing is, right? I mean, which one? There are a lot, right? I mean, don't use the passive voice and use the active verb instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good one.、Um, but the golden rule is related to that. The golden rule is to show, not to tell, and that's what Mark does so well. Um, we are shown evidence which are meant to speak for themselves about who Jesus is, and here in the pas-、uh, passion narrative, we are given not just one trial before the Sanhedrin, but another one before the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. It's as if Mark wants to be sure to tell the reader that ultimately it wasn't just the Jewish authorities responsible for Jesus's death, but also the Roman government and the public mob that condemns him. Yeah, it really seems like one of the things that Mark wants us to recognize is that there's like an enormous perversion of justice going on. I mean, you know, Jesus has called out the Jewish leaders for being corrupt, but instead of repenting and changing their ways, the chief priests, rulers, and elders are just trying their hardest to just find any way to get rid of him. Right in the previous trial before the Sanhedrin, they try to find some charge to level against him, and ultimately just have to settle for blasphemy. The high priest asks Jesus whether he was the Messiah or not, and Jesus replies with a confession of his divine identity.、Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Jesus' reply is certainly shocking, 
But it's also very clear that they're less interested in the truth and just more interested in getting rid of him. Right. In any way possible. Right. And here in this trial before Pilate, it's clear that justice isn't what Pilate is after either. It's very clear throughout it that he thinks Jesus is innocent, but in the end, he nevertheless is willing to condemn Jesus in order to satisfy the crowd. Just like the Jewish leaders, discovering the truth is not what is motivating him. Yeah, I mean, like, Mark seems to want to draw our attention to this kind of substitution that's taking place here. Right? I mean, the chief priests, elders, and scribes, they're accusing Jesus of being an anti-Roman revolutionary. Right, you know, a so-called king of the Jews. Right. And, and this is very different. It's a different kind of accusation than blasphemy, mind you. Um, now they're trying to pin insurrection onto him so that he looks like a threat to Rome. They're just trying to find a way to get him killed. That's right. And what's ironic is at the festival, they end up asking for someone who actually was in jail for insurrection and even murder, mm-hmm. right, to be released, even though they're trying to frame Jesus for that very same crime. Right. I mean, it's a total swap. It seems like the innocent man is condemned and the guilty one is set free. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't deny the charges. He doesn't defend his innocence. When accused of being the king of the Jews, he doesn't deny it at all. Nor does he deny any of the charges brought against him by the Jewish leaders. Um, And in a way, it's true. I mean, he is the king. And in that sense, he really is potentially a threat to Caesar. Yeah, but it gets into this kind of weird situation where it almost seems like Pilate's trying to defend him on his behalf. I mean, like, you know, right? Mark tells us that he recognizes that the chief priests were just jealous. Mm -hmm. But in the end, even though he had all the authority to do the right thing and declare Jesus innocent, he just succumbs to the crowd. I mean, he sort of, like, relinquishes it, you know? Um, And so in order to maintain peace, Pilate sacrifices justice. Yeah, I mean... We may condemn Pilate for his sin, but pursuing peace at the cost of justice is a huge temptation even for us today. In the busyness of life, it's so easy to deal with a problem by just taking the path of least resistance instead of pursuing justice, especially when justice is going to be really disruptive. I mean, that was like one of the huge debates at the center of the civil rights movement, right? I mean, you know, on the one hand, you have church leaders concerned that Martin Luther King Jr. and the other civil rights organizers were just going way too far and being way too disruptive to society. But on the other hand, you had Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and the other civil rights activists insisting that, look, if there's no justice, there can't really be peace either. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not like these issues are over. I mean, it's still happening today. Yeah. Right? And racism is such a huge issue. And it's going to be so disruptive mm-hmm. in order to address it. Yeah. But, you know, it's always just easy. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it comes down to, like, in your work, in your home life, um, there have always been, and I think there always will be times when you have to choose between the easy thing and the right thing. Um, In times like that, are we more like Pilate, just wanting to keep everyone happy? Or are we like Jesus, willing to bear the consequences of doing what is right. Um, Yeah, I guess that's a real big question for us. Hmm. So that's it for today. Join us next time for more from the Gospel of Mark. This is Tohi. And Enoch. Signing out.